0: Okay, I can have the fancy, nice sports car, but without gas, it doesn't go anywhere. So without lining up or coordinating your bank accounts, your life insurance, your house with the trust, that trust that you spent thousands of dollars on and hours and hours at the lawyer's office on, doesn't work.
1: Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer and here's your host,
2: Ben George. Welcome back into Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer. This is a show where not only we make sure you're completely taken care of, but We want to make sure the ones you love never have to worry as well. And that's why we go through the complete estate planning process. It's what Nick does day to day in his office at the Rosenbauer Law Office there in Westchester. But we want to bring some topics that are very important to not only Nick, but stuff that he goes through day to day. And that's what we're focusing on today. We're going to go through three mistakes that other attorneys might make when they're putting your trust together and that's our focus for this episode.
0: Nick, how you doing? Doing great, Ben. How about yourself?
2: I'm doing well. How's uh, how's the reaction to the podcast so far now that we're a few episodes in?
0: Uh so far it's been very good. I had uh, a couple people tell me they think my my voice sounds deeper and and more professional. <laughs> um so I don't I don't know what uh what you and the the audio and tech guys do to get everything taken care of, you know, if you could, I guess you make me sound more like Morgan Freeman. I don't know. Um, (laughs) so keep, so keep that up, but yeah, everything's been positive. My wife even, uh, is jealous, uh, and she wants her own podcast now. And she asked if she could come on and and do an episode. And I told her, I said, you quit your job, work for me and go get a law degree and (laughs) and I'd be happy to have you. (laughs) Well, we'll welcome her on anytime if you want to want to
2: bring her on. Uh, but that's awesome, Nick Rosenbauer, a voice you can trust. That'll be our our new tagline with uh, with the voice <laughs> you got going on here. <laughs> Well, that's outstanding. I'm glad you're getting some good reaction. This is episode four of Complete Estate Planning. Again, every episode can be found, you know, wherever you listen to uh, your podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or they're all also going to be online at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com, which is where you'll find Nick, and also you're going to find a lot of great estate planning resources there as well, and uh, as well as blogs that Nick. Posts up there from time to time, so there's a lot of great information on the website. Whether or not you work with Nick, you're just kind of starting to think about estate planning. It's a great place to visit, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. So, I want to get into today's topic uh, with you, Nick, which is three mistakes your other estate planning attorney made with your trust. And I want to kind of give some context to this conversation, why we're talking about it before we get into those three mistakes. And the first thing is. Yeah, I guess the reason why you want to talk about this is this is something that you actually have to deal with in real life day to day in your office is people coming in with trust that had been built by somebody else that you're having to clean up and fine tune for them, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I like to first say that these are very uncomfortable conversations that I end up having with my clients or families who come in because, look, I'm not here to badmouth other attorneys or say no one else in the world knows what they're doing that's not the case, but I see time and time again people come in with something that another attorney did for them, and there are so many problems throughout it it's just you might as well throw it in the trash and or or use it as firewood, something like that and a lot of the times, not only are people upset that what they have is you know maybe not not what they need or or something like that, but a lot of times they don't even know, and you know they they sit there and said I thought I had an attorney who said he knew what he was doing, and he seemed like a nice guy, and he said this is all I need, and you know you have to trust your professionals at some point, right? Like you have to kind of trust your doctor when your doctor says this is what you need to do to get better, you have to trust your tax person when the tax person says here's what you need to do to pay the lease taxes or how much you need to pay, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, we have these people who it's one thing if they don't know what's going on or they make a mistake on their own, trying something maybe that's not in their wheelhouse. Completely different scenario when, you know, they went to this trusted professional and a lot of times these people don't know what they're doing. They're generalists who who dabble in, you know, estate planning on Monday and real estate closing on Tuesday and divorce law on Wednesday, et cetera. And there's a lot of people who just don't finish the job either. And we'll obviously get into that. But I see this happen all the time when people walk in with something else that they have and it's just, it's littered with holes. It's littered with problems.
2: Yeah. And you kind of touched on it, but that was the other kind of point I wanted to make before we hop into these mistakes is, you know, if you're talking with somebody about setting up a trust And they say, yeah, I can take care of that for you. It's not necessarily that they have some specialized uh, degree or some specialized talent. Anybody can do it. It's just how thorough are they going to be in that process? And that's where somebody that specializes in this, like you and other estate planning attorneys, that's where you differentiate yourself in this
0: process. Exactly. And the way I always like to look at it, and the analogy I like to use is I tell people, treat all of your professionals the way you would treat your medical professionals, okay? My, my chiropractor does chiropractic work all day, every day. I don't call him for brain surgery, okay? I don't call him when my son gets the flu. We talk to our pediatrician who deals with little kids and runny noses and germs all day, every day. And, you know, like I said, sometimes you know, sometimes you don't know, but I would make sure you work with people who do nothing but this type of work all day, every day. And I think that's the best way to really judge it uh, without getting a law degree and figuring it out yourself. So be careful of the. A little bit of this, a little bit of that uh, type practices or general practice or full service, I think, are the fancy terms they like to use. Because usually that's where they run into problems. And the people who don't do it all day, every day, they're the ones who, who make mistakes usually and, and miss some things.
2: And those are the, that's what we're going to talk about today is are those mistakes that get made and what you end up having to come back and kind of clean up on the back end of things when you don't work with somebody that really goes through this process and delivers for you from start to finish. So let's run through these three mistakes and let's start with one that kind of raised my eyebrows when I saw it. Like, I can't believe this actually happens, but the first mistake is your trust just does not even get funded at all.
0: Exactly. And then I'll take a step back for those of our listeners who maybe don't understand what that term means. So funding a trust is a very essential process where you you line up or you coordinate your assets with your trust. And I'm not going to go through all the details, but think of it like putting gas in the car. Okay, I can have the fancy, nice sports car, but without gas, it doesn't go anywhere. So without lining up or coordinating uh, your bank accounts, your life insurance, your 401k, your house with the trust, that trust that you spent thousands of dollars on and hours and hours at the lawyer's office on doesn't work. Okay. So the trust will not have control or be able to protect anything that is not coordinated with it. A lot of attorneys just, they prepare the legal documents and then they'll disappear. Okay. So what they'll do is they're basically a paper mill is all they are. You give them a check, they'll give you Microsoft word documents Sign on the dotted line, the end. They might write a letter explaining that you need to coordinate your assets with your trust and how important it is and how it's your responsibility. And that's usually it. Very, very rarely will an attorney actually take the time to go through all of that with you and make sure that everything is set up properly. And you may be thinking to yourself, well, heck, it sounds like they left half of the job, they left half of the legal work to you, the client. And, and that's absolutely true. It would be like if I asked you to renovate my bathroom and you came in, tore everything out and did the drywall. And then you said, okay, Nick, here you go. We're done. And you didn't install the new tub, the new shower, the new sink. That's basically what we're doing. And it's absolutely critical that this funding process happens with any trust. If it doesn't happen, the trust won't work at all. And most attorneys flat out won't do it.
2: Well, what I'm confused about is what exactly is that client paying for then if the job's not being done to completion? Is it, I mean, is that just a minimum requirement? Is it setting it up? It's not on that other attorney to actually get it funded?
0: That's a really good question when you, when you say it like that. So I guess what they're paying for is just the, the pieces of paper. Okay, so they're paying for the trust document, but they're not paying for the attorney to make sure it works. So I guess what they're and I think I know why most attorneys won't help with the process. It's not fun. I will tell you out of the whole process from start to finish taking care of families, I don't enjoy this part of it. Okay. okay. It can be very tedious. And you have to send paperwork and deeds into the the county recorder's office, and you wait three months for them to send that back. And you have to look up the old deeds and fill out all these forms and send them to the bank and drop everything else in the mail. Look, it's not fun, okay? It's It's not exciting. It's true, tedious paperwork. But if you don't do it, you know, I already went over how important it is. Everything is, it's all for naught. So I, I don't know what they're paying for. They're paying for the first half of the job for attorneys who work in that manner.
2: Yeah, just to me, somebody that doesn't deal with it, when you made the comparison to renovating your bathroom, I know that if I pay somebody to do it, I would want it done completely or else I would look to get my money back. So it's tough to, to kind of comprehend for an outsider. So that helps clear it up. The second mistake uh, and that first one's a big one, but this one's also oh, yeah. another one is just not asking the right questions about your heir so tell me what kind of questions that attorney should be asking you
0: well, the basics there's a few basic questions that everyone probably will ask, and then they'll usually quit a lot of attorneys see this as you know a one time transaction, a one off fee, so to speak, and you can tell that by by what I just mentioned about not funding the trust and not finishing the job, they see it as write me a check for a few thousand dollars and I'll give you some pieces of paper, the end. There's no advice, there's no counseling, there's no seeing it to the finish line. And another characteristic of that is people will just ask the very, very basics of who gets the money after you're gone How much do they get? And who's in charge of handling it? And then that's it. They'll stop. And a lot of times they'll use one of their templates, you know, trust or will number one, two, or three, and they'll just fill in your names and uh, fill in the he, she, his, her boxes, if that makes sense, and then spit it out for you. And what they don't do is they don't ask the next question and they don't ask about the people that we leave behind after we're gone. So we don't ask about what happens to the heirs once your plan is in place. So they'll say, who gets how much? And someone says, okay, equal shares to my three kids. And then no one asks, what happens to your kids at that point? How does that look? And the attorney never asks, is it a good idea to dump all this money? What if one of the kids is too young? 18 years old is that a great idea to leave them hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> eh, probably not well and, and think about it you know even if I was quote unquote mature for my age which I don't I don't necessarily know that I was at 18 I used to cut my grandparents grass and and they would pay me $40 in cash and i thought i was living the high life at that point <laughs> so i had, i had no concept of money being a broke college kid so you know even $100,000 would have been terrible okay so that's a great example and they don't ask about it what about people who just are not good with money okay even if you're you know in your 20s 30s 40s some people just aren't good with money they're not equipped to handle money You hear all the news stories about people blowing their inheritance. Most attorneys don't ask about it. What if someone is sick, can't manage their own affairs, and wouldn't even be able to handle the money or take care of themselves anyway? What if they got someone talking in their ear? Okay, Maybe we got that son-in-law or daughter-in-law who really wears the pants in the family, and you know your child is nothing more than... Uh, a yes man or a yes woman, which is kind of the way it is in my house now. My wife's wonderful, so I don't have to worry about that. But you know, you hear situations like that where you know, if uh, if we leave some money to your son, or let's say we leave some money to your daughter, as soon as it hits the bank account, that no good son-in-law is going to <laughs> take all the money, buy some trucks and boats and guns and things like that, and. I'm guessing half of my listeners are sitting there saying, wow, that doesn't sound bad at all. Um, and the <laughs> other, <laughs> But the other half of the listeners are saying, well, I, I would at least rather my child have the choice instead of just whatever their spouse uh, or whoever's talking in their ear would say. So these are a whole lot of questions that a good attorney, someone who wants to do the job completely and is not just trying to get you on the assembly belt and and get you to the next step so we can work on the next client, a good attorney goes the extra mile and takes everything into consideration. And in order to do that, you need to ask questions and you really need to understand the whole situation. And it's not as easy as equal shares to the children. Okay, the end. You can see how there's a lot of situations where that's not good enough.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it it might seem like we're really driving home the fact that it's all about a complete plan and really going that extra mile to take care of everything. But that leads us right to the third point. And it's not about just putting it all together that first time and making sure it's a thorough plan from the jump, but it's about following up. And like any plan that you put together, whether it be retirement planning or estate planning, you got to continue to evaluate and reevaluate to make sure as your life changes that your plan is in order.
0: Exactly right. So I love the way you, you said that because it is not a, it's not a one-off deal. And I'll use my wife and I or, or your family as an example. And for the listeners who don't know, my wife and I, we have a little guy's one years old. And Ben also has a little one as well. Yeah. And the conversation and the plan we set up today is going to be very, very different than if we would set up our plan 30 years from now when my son is in his early thirties? And what if we have more children? Okay. And right now we spent most of the time, my wife and I discussing our plan on who will be the guardians. How will things be set up to take care of my son and raise my son if I'm not around to do it? Now, when I'm in my 60s or 70s and my son, or if we have more children, my children are grown and have children of their own, we probably don't need to worry about that, okay? But at that point, we have a whole different set of conversations. So most attorneys or most people, if you will, who come into my office and they bring documents from another attorney, I ask them, when's the last time they reached their attorney reached out to them and had a review meeting or a checkup? and most of them say we never heard from our attorney again and these attorneys see it as a one-off transaction give me a check i'll put you in the assembly line the end then we'll go hunt for the next client and they don't see it as an ongoing professional relationship now we we recommend checking in or at least reviewing the plan every 3 to 4 years or sooner if there's a big life event so i tell people We'll call you in three years. We'll come in for a checkup or if there's a big life change for you, new children, new grandchildren, et cetera, marriages, divorces, big life events like that, give us a call. We'll sit down and talk about it. It's a moving target. It's not a do this one time and be done with it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely.
2: It makes a lot of sense. And hopefully, uh, people that are are out there listening that haven't had the checkup kind of realizes, Hey, I need to follow up with this and, and do that. And I guess that kind of takes me to the point that this is something that you do. And we kind of talked about this at the beginning. If if you hear these, any of these three mistakes that your attorney might make with your trust, right? Your trust does not get funded, not asking the right questions about your heirs and not reviewing your stay plan. You welcome them to come into you and you're, you're happy to sit down, evaluate what their trust looks like and see what needs to be done for it.
0: And well, absolutely, and we have helped clients understand their plan, understand what they have, update things, fix things that maybe people have done with lesser plans or with other attorneys, or even done things on their own. So we we do a lot of fixing and updating and finishing the job, so to speak, where, uh, where some people maybe didn't get to the finish line with other attorneys. So we do that all the time. We welcome that. And one of the things I take great joy in is when someone comes in and the joke is always, oh, we, we got this will done after our first son was born, and it doesn't even mention our other three children. Right. And so so it cuts out the other three children or something like that. And it's 10, 20, 30, 40 years old. (laughs) And I will say it feels very good when we can go through that and uncover what the problems are with the clients and then be able to make sure everything is fixed. So we can in the end say, look, you were headed for disaster something were to happen to you but now everything's okay and that's something we take great joy in whether it's you know a plan we did 20 years ago that needs updated or someone else's or people who've never had a plan we we love helping out and making sure everyone's taken care of
2: yeah so whatever stage you're in let me point you to nick's website com. not only can you sign up for a meeting an appointment with nick but you can also check out a lot of resources and it kind of reminds me, they have one up on the website right now, the estate planning checkup guide, which kind of goes in, in tune with what we've talked about today, but there's a lot more up there as well. And make sure you sign up for their estate planning newsletter uh, that Nick puts out. There's a lot of great information in that as well. So Nick, a lot, a lot to. I learned a lot from this uh, in terms of the mistakes that are made. And and I, hopefully uh, the listeners did as well, but make sure if you, no matter, as I said, no matter where you are, you can reach out to Nick and the phone number as well is five, one, three, 463-6789. So Nick, appreciate the time today. Uh, really great conversation.
0: Thanks a lot, Ben. Always a pleasure. And uh, thanks for having me.
2: You got it. Make sure you subscribe to the Complete Estate Planning uh, Podcast. You can do so whatever on whatever platform you're listening to the show on. And every show will be archived as well on CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. So until the next time, I am Ben. He's Nick. We appreciate you listening to Complete Estate Planning.
1: The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office based in West Chester, Ohio and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's Cincinnati Estate Plan.com.